Amen. Good to see all of you here on um, Super Bowl Sunday. Just thought I'd say that and get it out of the way. It didn't take you long after you became a Christian to realize that your flesh didn't go anywhere. Or, or were you different from me? How many of you realized within about a week after you were saved, your flesh was still hanging around and still wanted to make itself heard? Amen? Everybody say flesh. Now, when I say flesh, I don't mean this skin. That's not what the Bible means or is talking about when it says flesh. Uh, it's that inner nature. And I'll, I'll give you the definition of the flesh in a moment. But it's that part of us that has fallen that always wants to rebel against God. Uh, right when you think your flesh is beaten, it pops up somewhere else. I dealt with my flesh today when the alarm went off. And I said, it can't be. There's no way it's already six. It can't be. But it was. And my flesh didn't like it. And I'm the preacher. I'm supposed to be here, you know. But my flesh didn't like it. And, um, but you know what? We're always in a battle with the flesh, aren't we? And we battle three things as Christians, the world, the flesh, and the devil. But I really believe the most persistent enemy of the three is the flesh. Because if, if not for the flesh, the devil wouldn't have anything to work with. If we were all good and crucified 24-7 and never gave way to the flesh, what's the devil going to work with? He can't work with anything. That's why he couldn't find anything in Jesus, because he never walked in the flesh. So today, I'm calling this message, I Reckon. Now, that sounds like a southern title. You're already thinking, well, I reckon. But I did that on purpose, because I want you to remember this. Because I reckon means that I am to consider something true. And I'm going to tell you what that is in a minute. But let me read Galatians 5, 17. Here's the Apostle Paul. I love Paul because he's so honest. He's so transparent. He tells us the truth about his own battles. And I'm going to read you his description of his battle with the flesh in just a moment. But look what he says. Here is a fact of life. The sinful nature, the flesh, wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature or flesh desires. Now look what he says. These two forces, the Spirit and the flesh, are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. In other words, every one of us have a civil war going on on the inside. We're in a civil war. And the war is between the spirit and the flesh. And the flesh is persistent. As a matter of fact, we're never going to be delivered from it fully until we go to heaven and get our glorified body, and that's coming. But until then, we're in a battle. So how do you win the battle? How do you walk in the spirit? That's the key. Because every one of us is either going to be ruled by flesh or ruled by the spirit. And maturity is when you more and more are controlled by the spirit and less and less by the flesh. Okay? So I want to I wanna just, I'm, I'm preaching today. That means I'm preach, teaching, teach, preaching. I'm preaching. Because I'm going to give you some doctrine. Everybody say doctrine. See, we need doctrine. We need to understand what God tells us about who we are in Jesus Christ. And what he has done for us. Amen? So let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing today on the word of God. Lord, help us to understand what you have told us about walking in the Spirit.
and not under the dictates and demands of the flesh. So, Lord, open our eyes and ears. Give us an understanding heart. Holy Spirit, great teacher of the church, open our eyes today. Be here that we might understand the battle and learn to have victory in the battle. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I reckon, I reckon, I reckon. <laughs> so we are in a civil war. We're all in a civil war. Uh, we're battling the flesh. And, and the devil uses the flesh. But I shared with you last week, if you weren't here, man, I would look that up online or grab the CD because this really is kind of a part two to last week. But um, we're, we're in a battle with the flesh. And the only way to defeat the flesh is in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't defeat the flesh by flesh. You can't win the battle with the flesh by fighting it with the flesh. So willpower doesn't defeat the flesh. Education doesn't defeat the flesh. IQ, pedigree, money, good luck doesn't defeat the flesh. There is only one thing that defeats the flesh, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. If I, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the flesh, I will live. Now listen to Paul's under, uh, description of his battle with the flesh. This is in Romans 7. I shared it with you last week. Romans 7 Paul uh, very transparently tells us about his struggle with the flesh. He, he's being very honest. And in Romans 8, he gives us the answer to the struggle. So Romans 7, I don't understand myself at all, says Paul, for I really want to do what is right, but I can't. I do what I don't want to. I do what I hate. I know perfectly well that what I'm doing is wrong, but I can't help myself. I know I am rotten through and through so far as my old sinful nature is concerned. No matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, I do it anyway. Wow, what a man in conflict. Here is the inner civil war in black and white. Listen to him. He said, man, I am in, I am in a war. I am in a conflict. And I'm being defeated. That's Romans 7. Romans 7, he's being defeated. Romans 8, he's got the victory. Now watch this. He continues. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I don't want to do wrong, I do it anyway. So you see how it is. My new life tells me to do right. But the old nature that is still inside of me loves to sin. Notice the honesty. loves to sin. That old nature, that flesh loves to sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from my slavery to this deadly lower nature? That's how Romans 7 ends. Who is going to set me free? But there's one more verse. Thanks be to God who will do it and has done it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? So those are the words of Paul. The, 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 the greatest Christian to ever live, in my opinion, and here he is describing this intense battle, this civil war within. And a lot of us have already had that war. We've been in that war this week. We've been in it today. We've been in an intense civil war, the flesh against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Remember when he said, what the flesh wants you to do, the spirit doesn't want you to do. And what the spirit wants you to do, the flesh is going to rise up against it. The flesh is really a vicious enemy of every Christian. 
Well, what is the flesh? The flesh is the fallen nature that we inherited from Adam. The Bible says uh, in Romans, Paul tells us that when Adam sinned, all of us fell with him. Sin was attributed to all of us. The, The guilt of sin to all of us. David said, I was born in sin and I was shaped in iniquity. I was born a sinner. You don't have to teach me to sin. I know how to sin quite well, thank you, all on my own. We don't have to teach children to be bad. We have to teach them to be good because by nature they are. Some of you couldn't hardly say that. They rebel against you. They rebel against authority. They're selfish, self-centered, self-involved. It's all about them. They are fallen by nature. Even a child is known by his works, whether they are good or bad. Ecclesiastes says. And so we all deal with the flesh. Right when the Spirit of God is leading us to do something, I want you to go pray. I want you to go minister. I want you to get back into church. I want you to to, uh, do this, that, talk, talk to that person about Jesus. Or I want you to forgive this person who offended you. And as soon as the Spirit of God leads us to do something, the flesh rises up against it and says, don't do that. I don't want you to do that. I'm not into that. I'm not, I'm not with that. I'm not down for that. And we're in a battle. And the Spirit of God battles the flesh. And the flesh battles the Spirit. And that's the civil war. The flesh is like an obnoxious dog nipping at your heels all day long. And he won't go away. Though you say, get out of here. Or better yet, the flesh is like a snake in your living room that you just can't seem to kill. Right when you think you've got him beat, he rises up somewhere else, and there you are dealing with the flesh again, and and that is the nature of the beast. That is what we'll experience until we go to glory. But I want to tell you today, the Lord never intended for us to be constantly defeated. No, the Lord intended clearly, by the word of God I'm going to show you today, the, the, the Lord intended clearly that we would walk in victory, not perfection, but basic fundamental victory. Over the flesh, we're all going to say things, think things, do things from time to time that we shouldn't, and we have to ask God forgiveness. But there is a primary, fundamental victory we should have over the flesh. It is not to rule over us. We are to rule over it by the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, if we walk in the flesh, Paul said, if you're walking in the flesh, let me tell you what it's going to look like. He said, the works of the flesh are obvious. Here's what the flesh looks like when it's effervescing and percolating and manifesting in our life. Here's what it looks like. Committing sexual sin. Being morally bad. Doing all kinds of shameful things. Notice the very first three things that Paul says are the works of the flesh are sexual in nature. Committing sexual sin. Morally bad. Shameful things. But then he goes into, in verse 20, he goes into spiritism, occultic works, worshiping false gods. That's what the flesh looks like. Taking part in witchcraft. Did you know that witchcraft is a work of the flesh? Witchcraft is a work of the flesh. People that go and join the satanic church, that's a work of the flesh. Hating people, causing trouble, being jealous, angry, Selfish, explosions of anger, simmering anger, anger underneath the surface. 
That's a work of the flesh. We're living right now in a culture that is totally enslaved to the flesh. Our culture right now, I've never seen more hate. I've never seen more venom. I've never seen more uh, bitterness, more anger in in our culture than I do now. But what is it? It's all the work of the flesh. Being jealous, selfish, seeing what somebody else has and and it's chewing you up alive. Why do they have that new house, that new car, that new dress, that new suit, all that job? Why do they have that and not me? I should have gotten that promotion, not them. And, and before you know it, your flesh is prompting you to think things and roll things over in your mind that are flesh-driven and not spirit-driven, and they rob you of your peace and your joy and your walk with God. Can I have an amen? We all know that it's true. The flesh is against us. He, he continues being filled with envy, getting drunk, having wild parties, doing other things like this. He says, I warn you now as I warned you before, the people who do these things will not have a part in God's kingdom. What he's saying is the people whose lifestyles are, are marked by this, who live this way with no repentance, they will never enjoy The kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And it will always elude people who are walking in the flesh. No wonder Paul said, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good thing in that fallen nature of mine that is in rebellion against God, that renegade nature of mine. In that In that fallen nature, there's no good thing. It will never lead us toward God. It will always lead us away. It will never lead us to please God. Paul said, he that walks in the flesh cannot please God. If you're walking in these things and no repentance, you can't please God. You won't have a life that brings glory to God. So the answer is, what are we going to do? We, we have two choices. We can walk in the flesh or we can walk in the Holy Spirit. And what happens when we walk in the Holy Spirit? Paul says, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he'll produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, the Holy Ghost doesn't get us out of control. The Holy Ghost brings us into self-control so that I can do the things that I should do and the Spirit of God gives me the power to do it. So Paul says, thank God the flesh has been defeated by our Lord Jesus Christ. He has set me free. So Romans 7, the battle. Romans 8, the answer. Paul says in Romans 8, catch this. I'm going to give you a lot of Bible today because the Word of God will build your faith. Amen? Watch this. Paul says, there is now no condemnation awaiting those who belong to Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad to know that you're not going to go before God and answer to God for everything you ever did wrong, which would be a list from here to China? We've broken every law. We've done so many things that grieve God. But aren't you glad to know that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we will not go before God to answer for all of that sin. It has been washed and wiped away by the blood of the Lamb. We are as guiltless as Jesus was guiltless. We are as pure as Jesus was pure through the blood shed for us on the cross. But now, 
Remember now, in, in Romans 7, Paul was talking about the battle with the flesh. Now, here he's coming with the answer in Romans 8, 2. He says, for the power, everybody say power. Oh, the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, for the power of the life-giving Spirit, and this power is mine through Jesus Christ, has freed me from the vicious circle of sin and death. Oh, I got to say it again. The power of the Spirit that gives life and where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. Liberty to, from what? Liberty from the flesh. Liberty from the devil. Liberty from intimidation. Liberty from fear. Liberty from doubt. Liberty from bitterness and hatred. When there, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty from the, the icy grip of the flesh. This power is mine through Jesus Christ. You know, I think we, we need a fresh revelation uh, on the incredible gift that God gave us when he gave us the Holy Spirit of the living God. I don't know about you, but when the Holy Spirit came upon me, when I cried out and I repented of my sin and asked Jesus to come into my life, it was like the rocket fuel that blasts a rocket out of the atmospheric pull of the earth and sends it into space where it's not any longer uh, subject to the pull of the earth. The Holy Spirit coming into my life blasted me out of my lifestyle, blasted me out of my sin, blasted me out of the pull of the flesh and sent me into the freedom of space. The Holy Spirit... Paul says, those who let themselves be controlled by their lower natures live only to please themselves. You can always recognize the flesh when, when somebody, you're around them a while, and it's all about them. And, and you get with them, they're all about them. It's talking about them. I this and I that, and their Godhead is me, myself, and I. And after you've talked to them for 30 minutes, they say, well, that's enough about me. Now let's talk about me. <laughs> you know people like that. You want to say, you know, I'm just really sick and tired of talking about you. But you, me, is, their, is their, their favorite topic because they're walking in the flesh. But it's not that way when you're walking in the Spirit. Listen to what he says. But those who follow after the Holy Spirit find themselves doing those things that please God. Following after the Holy Spirit leads to life and peace. But following after the old nature, the pull of the flesh, leads to death. So if we walk in the Spirit, we're going to experience life and peace. And I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. Everybody say life and peace. Well, do you want life and peace or do you want death? Because that's the choice that every believer has. Now, people in the world have no choice. They're subject to the flesh. They're serving the flesh and the devil. And they have to do exactly what the flesh and the devil tell them to do because they have no power to get out from under it. But it's not true for the Christian. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, and by that power, we are able to put down the works of the flesh and walk in freedom in the Holy Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, and that's the answer to the flesh, it's not your IQ, it's not your money, it's not your pedigree or your education. It's, it, it's, it's none of that. The only thing that sets us free from the flesh 
And the fruit of the flesh is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are controlled by the Holy Spirit. And if you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you're walking in the Spirit. Amen. Everybody say, the Holy Spirit alone gives me the power to crucify the flesh. We've got to learn, as I shared last time, to obey his inner promptings immediately. We've got to learn to feed our inner man with the things of God each and every day, the manna of God's word, time with Jesus. We've got to feed our inner man with the things of God. And you must be convinced of something, and here's the crux of my message today. Here's where I'm going. Here comes the doctrine. Are you ready? We've got to be convinced of this, that your old nature, your flesh, was crucified with Jesus. See, we're to know that. That's something we're to know. It's not figuratively speaking. It's not poetic religious language. He's giving us a fact that when Jesus died on the cross, my old man, my fallen fleshly nature was crucified right along with Jesus. I was crucified with Christ. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And he goes on, in the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. So Paul is saying, when he says, I'm crucified with Christ, here's what he means. He means that old flesh, that old nature, that fallen Adamic nature was crucified on the cross with Jesus and is still there. Are you with me, everybody? He's like, well, I don't understand how that could be. I don't either. But God told me it's true. And if God says it's true, it's true. Galatians 5, 24, those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's talking about you and me. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. Is that you? Do you belong to Christ Jesus? If you belong to him, raise your hand, good and high. Give the Lord a wave offering. All right. Now watch this. If you belong to Christ Jesus, then you have crucified the flesh with its passions, its desires, its demands, its habits, everything crucified with Christ. Now, the last time I looked, anything that's on a cross dies. Romans 6, here comes some more. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a brand new resurrected life. Now here's what it's telling us about us. I was crucified with Christ, but God didn't stop there. Then I was buried with Christ, but God didn't stop there. Then I was raised with Christ to walk in newness of life. So I was crucified, I was buried, and I was raised. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The old is passed away, and all has become new. Come on, everybody. This is what we mean when we water baptize. Uh, water baptism illustrates this truth. When somebody goes down in the water, here's what we say. You can't hear it, but here's what we say. When they go down in the, in the water, we say, buried with him, 
by baptism into his death. Can we leave him down there a while? No, I'm just kidding. I was speaking one time to a, a church, and I was, I was kidding, and they, and, and they didn't know I was kidding. And I said, we get him down there, and then we quote the Lord's Prayer. And in the audience, they had eyes like 50-cent peas. I said, I'm just kidding. They were thinking, I'm not being baptized in your church. I may not make it home. But here's the deal. Buried with him by baptism into his death. And then when we bring them out, we say, raised to walk in the newness of life. And the whole idea is their old life, their old self, their old lifestyle, all the sin is left in the water, buried with him by baptism into his death. And then you're raised to walk in a brand new resurrected life. So everybody say with me, crucified, buried, resurrected. That's you. Amen? So I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And now Paul says, we are, we are to walk in, walk in that truth. We're to walk in it. We're to walk in the truth that our old nature is crucified with Christ. That means we no longer have to do what it says. Say, well, Jeff, you're telling me that my old man, my old nature, that flesh is crucified, but I can tell you, it doesn't seem crucified to me because he's alive and well in my life. Yes, we will battle with the flesh until we get a glorified body. But folks, can I, can I give you some good news today? The day is coming when a trumpet is going to sound, and I don't believe we're that far off. Now, since we're, we're in doctrine, let me tell you something a lot of people don't realize. Central and core to the Christian faith is the belief based on the promise of God that not only am I going to go to heaven, but my body is going to be resurrected. And when my body is resurrected, I'm going to get a brand new body that curves can't give me. It's going to be a glorified body. It's going to be the same kind of body that Jesus had when he got up from the dead. And when he wanted to go visit somebody, he didn't knock on the door. He just walked right through the door. But then having walked through the door, he ate fish. So he could walk through a material object effortlessly, but then he could also eat a glorified body. Our glorified body will have no more pain, no more sorrow, no more cancer, no more heart disease, no more depression, no more arthritis, no more aches and pains and joint pains and all the other pains. No, it's a glorified body. And God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And we will live in a, a, a place and a state of endless bliss and glory and joy in a glorified body. And most of all, in that glorified body, there's no flesh. There's no downward pull. There's no more attraction to things that grieve God. Because it doesn't yet appear what we shall be, John wrote. But we know that when we shall see him, we will be like him. For we will see him as he is. We will instantly be like Jesus. Glory to God. So Paul says, we know that our old self was crucified with him so the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves. Can I say it again? No longer be slaves 
to sin. Before we were saved, we were a slave. Before we were saved, we were a slave to sin. We did what it said. We obeyed what it demanded. We had no recourse, no power. But now that we're saved, we walk in the truth that our old nature of sinful flesh died with Jesus on the cross. So it can't tell us what to do anymore. I read a story of a, a, a couple that took their little girl to the circus. And in the circus, of course, there was all the elephants, the lions, the tigers, the bears, and all the neat things they do. And the elephants were trained to, to jump up on top of this stool and sort of pose with their leg, front legs up on this stool. And the little girl noticed that there, there was a rope tied around one of the elephant's legs, and it was attached to a, a little stake that was in the ground. And the little girl got puzzled. She's thinking to herself, she says to her parents, she says, how come that great big powerful elephant doesn't just pull that stake out of the ground and walk away? And the parents said, well, sweetie, because he doesn't know he can. Now listen to me. The reason some of us don't walk free is because we don't know we can. We don't know we can. See, all of us have been that elephant in the circus. And, and we, we stay in about six feet. That's our world. But we have no more freedom than just a little bit of space because of the stake that's in the ground. And, 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 and the devil put it there. It's the work of the flesh. It's some habit. It's an anger or it's lust or it's fear or, it, or it's defeat in some area of your life. And, and the stake is in the ground and you're this big power. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have the greatest power living inside of you available to mankind. But you don't fully understand what God has given you. So all you do is walk in circles in the circus of life. And you never pull the stake out because you don't know you can. And I came today to tell you that you can pull the stake out of that habit and walk free. You can. Everybody say, I can. I don't want to be a circus. I don't want to be an elephant in the circus of life. No, I want to be a free-flying child of God. And if I'm going to do that, then I've got to yield to the Holy Ghost inside of me and pull up that stake in Jesus' name. Maybe a lot of stakes in the ground. Paul says, now in light of this truth, you also reckon yourselves. Everybody say, I reckon. Here's my word. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I reckon myself dead to sin. That is, the flesh no longer can demand of me to do anything. I don't have to do it. I don't have to live it. I don't have to obey it. The Lord has set me free. Reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm dead to sin, I'm alive to God. Dead to sin, alive to God. I used to follow sin, serve sin, live for sin, die for sin, but now I'm alive to God. And, and, and God has pulled the stake out, and I'm free to get out of that circus of sin. Living Bible says, so look upon your old sin nature as dead. That's the way you're to view yourself. 
Look upon your old sin nature as dead and unresponsive to sin. And instead, be alive to God, alert to Him through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.11, the Message Bible. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer it sins every beck and call. Could it be any more clear? Now let me make it practical for about two minutes and then I'm done. So, well, Jeff, that's great. This is all great doctrine, great theology. Oh, yeah, I believe I'm crucified with Christ. But how do I experience it in real life? Okay, the Holy Spirit. Listen, Paul said, if I by the Spirit put to death, kill, mortify the deeds of the flesh, I will live. If I by the Spirit if I buy the Spirit. So he's telling me that the only way to put the flesh down and kill it is the Holy Spirit of God placed in our heart. So how do I, how do I apply the Holy Spirit to the battle? There's a song that says, learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I'd ever dreamed. Learning to lean on Jesus. How do you, by the Spirit, kill the deeds of the flesh? You yield. Everybody say yield. Now, we do this all the time in life. We get a headache. We sit around, we wait for it to go away for a while, and it doesn't go away. So we go, okay, I'm going to get an aspirin. So we grab something from outside of us, and, and we put it in us. And we say, all right, since I can't defeat this pain on my own, I'm going to yield to this aspirin. I'm going to let the aspirin do for me what I couldn't do for myself, and I'm going to let it battle my pain for me. Now, that's just simple. And we have faith in that stupid aspirin. But here's the deal. When we're in a battle with the flesh, and it's bigger than us, and we can't put it down on our own, we say, well, then I'm going to go to a power outside of myself. I'm going to look to something that is, that is bigger than my problem because this temptation is big and it's bigger than me, but it's not bigger than the Holy Ghost who is in me. So I'm going to yield to the Holy Spirit and let him fight this for me. So I say this. I say, Holy Spirit, I'm about to be angry or I'm about to get lustful or I'm about to be full of fear or I'm about to feel envy and jealousy, and I'm battling this. So, Holy Spirit, I step back, and I let you have the battle. And invariably, invariably, when I do that, immediately the Holy Ghost will either counsel me, here's what you do, here's how you respond to it, here's the best way out of this, or I sense a surge of his power and his peace, and suddenly I no longer feel the, the compulsion to do what the flesh was trying to get me to do. I said, it's the Holy Spirit you yield to. He's there. We've got to know he's there. Parakletos is the Greek word that describes the Holy Ghost, and it means one called to stand alongside you and hold your hand and strengthen you and be with you and teach you and counsel you and guide you and strengthen you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How does he strengthen me? The Holy Ghost. I want us to stand together today, could we?
it's really an amazing thing. I know I talk about rush hour traffic a lot, but I live almost 30 minutes away and I come down 35, which is, what is that song about a highway? Okay. And so all the time I'm dealing with people cutting in front of me and you know, this mad rat race. And I've learned if I just say, Holy Spirit, I'm really aggravated. And I'm feeling fleshly. Take this battle. And instantly, he's there. If I, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the flesh, anger, some of us blow up. Some of us have simmering anger underneath. We're just angry people. And you're sick of being angry. It gives you ulcers. It takes your sleep away at night. It messes with your stomach and your digestive system. I don't want to be an angry man or an angry woman. What do I do? I've always been angry. It's a part of me. My dad was angry. My granddaddy was angry. Doesn't mean you've got to be. You're a child of God. Now watch. You just say, okay, here it comes. I can tell I'm about to be angry. Holy Spirit, take it. Take it, Holy Spirit. I step back and I let you. And immediately, he will take charge. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? This is, this is just Christianity 101, how to walk it out. So let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, thank you that our flesh is crucified. It can no longer demand we do anything. But Lord, we're in a battle with it all the time, and we must kill it all the time. But Lord, we kill it by yielding to the Spirit of God within us. Now, I want you to take your battle. Is it anger? Is it lust? I'm going to say it. Is it pornography? Is it fear? What is it? I want you to know the Holy Spirit is greater than it is. So I want us to take a minute and just say, Jesus. Come on, let's just say it. Jesus, I give you my battle. Not only right now, but next time it comes, I'm going to learn to lean on Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Give me victory, Lord, and help me to pull that stake up and walk free in the mighty name of Jesus, the Son of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. While Cindy is coming, let me give you a quick testimony. When I got saved, I came from a very rough background. I know it's hard for you to believe because I don't look like it, but I did. Um, drugs, immorality, what hippiedom. I was a hippie. But drugs damaged me. I came out of, I came to Christ with all kinds of irrational fears that bad drug experiences had done to me. Now, 
when God called me to preach, the devil unleashed every weapon in his arsenal against me. And, and it was primarily through the door of the way that I had damaged myself. So I live every day, I'm being honest with you, in torment. I couldn't sleep at night. I, when I went to bed at night, I was just tired from battling fear all day. And, and I used to try to think my way through it, willpower my way through it, psychoanalyze my way through it. But I couldn't get on top of it, and it just was wreaking havoc on me. It was all I could do to sit in school when I started junior college way back when and concentrate because of all these things attacking me. So it became me or it. How many of you know what, what the kind of battle that is? Where you know it's going to be me or this, all right? And in other words, the battle is for real. It's for life. I'm going to go on with God or I'm not. I'm going to move forward or I'm not. I'm going to get victory or I'm not. And if I don't get victory, I'm not going to be able to do what God wants me to do. So I said, Lord, what do I do? And he began to lead me to memorize large portions of Scripture. I memorized the entire book of James, every word. I memorized the whole Sermon on the Mount, every word. I memorized many Psalms that had to do with fear, every word. Because, see, Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and life. So part of the Holy Spirit's ministry is that word. That's the spirit as well. And as I memorized the word of God, I woke up one day and I realized I haven't had that vicious battle in a while. And I realized that the word of God had gone in and set me free. Now, I'm not kidding. This is how I can preach the word with force because I know the word of God is powerful. That's right. And it, it set me free. So I'm not speaking to you out of theory. I'm telling you the spirit of God will kill the flesh because fear is a work of the flesh. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord praise. And Cindy has something to share. The Heals Women's uh, Ministry is going to be doing a fundraiser February 28th. Uh, we're doing a dinner and a movie night. We would so appreciate y'all coming out for that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said the wrong date. March 27th. That's all right. We changed it. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, March 27th. And so we're going to be um, serving dinner and a movie. And it's for adults. So we would so appreciate y'all's support. Also, good news, our um, women's conference. Uh, that's going to be August 28th and 29th. And our guest speakers are going to be Brenda Crouch. I think we've got some pictures. Oh, there's Brenda. It's Brenda Crouch. And then Sheila Walsh. She'll be joining us. And I tell you what, I so appreciate, appreciate Sheila. She uh, is just such a precious person. You know, she was willing to come with the budget that we had. And I appreciate her heart. So she's... Um, just a precious person, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to what God does. So mark your calendars. It's going to be exciting. Amen. Sheila's a blessing. And that uh, other picture, Brenda Crouch and Cindy's sister, just wrote a book. It's going to be a, a, the dynamic duo. You ladies are going to be blessed. Amen. Really blessed. So uh, mark that on your calendar. I want to pray for you, but I also want to pray for people to be touched 
with a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. You're in a battle. And we're going to dismiss the service, but I'm going to ask if, if you need a fresh touch from God, I want to anoint you with oil and pray for you and believe God to breathe a fresh touch of His Spirit on your life because you're about to pull that stake out and walk free. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let me pray for you, Father, in Jesus' name. Bless the people as they go. Bless their going out and their coming in. Bless them in the storehouse and in the field. Lord, thank you for the favor of God on them. And Lord, this week, many of us are going to pull that stake out of the ground and we're going to walk free from the circus the enemy has had us in. And we're going to experience your liberty in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer.